gonna hold it this feels really silly <laughs> <We're done. laughs> never mind <laughs> who wants to do the honors all right um so if i'm all over the place it's because my notes are all over the place so um all of us talking about like our land and whatnot what i'm gonna get at is our promised land and how we're living in it so at the beginning of this week, the Lord placed an urgency in me to go to Exodus and read about Moses, and um, I knew it was the Lord after Monday night prayer when Wesley started speak, uh, praying into the Moseses arising and in this land, and I'm sure we all know the backstory of Moses, but I'm just going to reiterate it really quickly. Uh, Moses is called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, out of their captivity, because God has heard their cry. Um, bringing the Israelites out of Egypt wasn't an easy task because of their broken faith and their broken trust, um, to the point where Moses would tell them, you're going to get out of here, and they would say, just leave us alone. <laughs> like, we don't know what to believe. So finally, Pharaoh lets the people go, and this is where I want to focus on is Israelites in the beginning. Um, so from this story, the Israelites clearly had some brokenness, as I said. Um, they couldn't, they had brokenness along the way. They had issues with situate, really silly situations along the way, and um, they didn't believe they would make it to the promised land, like, because of these issues. Um, as we see on their journey, they complained a lot to Moses, but really they were complaining to God, but they were doing it through Moses. Um as these situations would arise. And I want to point out one of the situations was that God parted the Red Sea and they still complained after that. <laughs> like, for me, that would hold me for the rest of my life. And I was actually reading on, hold on, the Red Sea. And it said that it's nine miles long, 300 feet deep. And they crossed that. Nine miles long, 300 feet deep. And it said, yeah, and it said, um, when I was reading it, it said, it was not possible to be a natural wind, but rather a wind caused by God's supernatural power. <laughs> and they still, so they get over to the other side. They're rejoicing. They get to their next location, and they start saying, you, you should have left us in Egypt to die. There's no good water here. Moses throws a stick in the water. Bitter water turns sweet. Next location, same issue with food, and then God is making food out of, he's doing all this impossible stuff, as we were singing this morning. He does the impossible, and Israelites were so broken that they couldn't do it. So one part that I wanted to focus on was in Exodus 14, 12, um, right before they crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites were complaining, saying, Moses, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And he 
said this a couple of times to them. It's like, talk to your Lord, talk to your Lord. And they kept coming to him. Um, but this is my favorite part. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. <laughs> Tough love. <laughs> and it's so good because they needed to move on to go into the Red Sea. But I believe he was also saying, move on in your hearts. Like, get over your brokenness. Come on, let's get to a new place, the promised land. Uh, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So I'll be coming back to that. So when I was um, reading this, I started seeing similarities in our church body before you guys were here, but um, also leading into when you guys came. Um, so I just wrote it down. Us, like the Israelites, we had been praying in Bangor for our church, like for a church location. And we would cry out through 24-hour prayer meetings. We would cry out for more ministry options. And God took us out of Bangor and plopped us right here. And it didn't look like what the people wanted. And so there was a lot of complaining going on. <laughs> the, the hardship set in of the people complaining about the drive was too long. And really silly complaints when you know the Lord is bringing you to a promised land where land of milk and honey is flowing with power and freedom, why wouldn't you want to stay there? Why, like, make the sacrifice to drive, make the sacrifice to see what God is doing here. So the issues were long drives, the smallness, not good enough childcare. Funny thing is they could have all been the answer to the long prayer. <laughs> and that's not to cast judgment upon them, but this is what I saw. And so so people left, new people came, you guys, Jay and Mary, so you weren't here. Like as one by one would leave, it was really hard, but I knew for myself I needed to leave because the Lord showed me my vision and was giving me. Um, so no one from the Bangor group stayed except for me. <laughs> here I stand. People left to be a part of bigger communities. Some people left to grow and be equipped in missions. I have to be honest, that part made me laugh when I sat back and read what I had written down. Everything they left to go find, we have it all right here. Just, and it, it just only shows that they were looking at their situation, just as the Israelites were only looking at their situation. So this, the reason why I'm saying all this is to make sense of why these people left. But they lost the vision. They lost that the fact that we are already in our promised land. We don't have to travel to it. We're here now. But they lost sight of the bigger picture. Uh, what we have here, we already have the equipping going on. It's all hands-on. Some people left to be equipped in factories. But I can't find a better way to be equipped than hands-on. And honestly, this place, you know, people got scared once they started ripping mold out of the walls. Like, really silly things, and they fled. They left the promised land, and the promised land actually was better than this. It's our land. We've got to keep up with it. So the Lord spoke to me very strongly, and I was like, okay, so they lost vision, but why couldn't they gain it back? And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I won't have my promised land corrupted. So all the complaining in the promised land was welcome to leave, and they were welcome to go. And that's why we no longer have those people here. And it's not, again, to cast judgment. I'm sure God is working in their lives as I've caught up and seen with them. But 
if that was going to continue in here and have that sink in and in our land, we would be, we wouldn't be the Taliban. We would be a different country. It would be corrupt. And I actually looked up the definition of promised land, which, I mean, a promised land is a promised land, but the definition came up, a place or situation in which someone expects to have great happiness. So it's like, how can the people come in if we're complaining and corrupting the promised land? How can we feel happiness and peace if all we can see is situation and not the ministry of God? So that's that may that whole spiel was just to make sense of why people have left. Um, so for our body what I felt like the Lord wanted to deliver to us to encourage us is our that we are in our promised land. And going back to Exodus 14, 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And I feel like the Lord is saying, why are you crying out to me to make sense? It's time for the Carmelites to move on. It's time for us to move on in our hearts. We're already in our promised land, but it's time for us to move on to our day's work. So the Lord was speaking to me, downloading. I wrote everything down. I'm just going to read it. It's time for us to move on. Move on from the past. Move on from the worries of those who have left. Move on from wishing for the days of old, just as the Israelites wished to go back to captivity. It's time for us to move on. Move on corporately in new and fresh vision. We are already in our promised land, but there is something greater that God wants to release here. I believe he wants to release the impossible before us, but we need to shake off the residue of the days of old. And so hearing us like putting the stakes in the ground symbolizes and meaning that just so encourages me to hear that. Um, not that the days of old were bad. They had great growth, but if we continue to long for the days of old, we won't fully move on, and we'll just sit in remnant in, in this promised land. We must not sit here and wait around for people to come. They will come, but in the meantime, we need to move forward in our hearts and corporately. I do believe we are moving forward. Let's just not lose this momentum, especially today. I mean, I was so encouraged with worship today and everything that was, you know, played out. It, it really does feel like a marathon today. Um, so let's be quick to recognize in ourselves and each other when complaining arises and stir each other up of all the impossible things God has already done and trust that he will do it again. So when we got this land, it was, I mean, there, there was a financial end and there was a couple of hoops to go through, but it wasn't like we needed to like be tied together. We really didn't have to do much. God literally fought for us just as Moses said to the Israelites to get here. So we, we've got to remember that this was really handed over to us simply just by asking, and it didn't take long. We must stir each other up of all the impossible things God has already done and trust that he will do it again. I believe God wants to lavish us here in this season of seeing the impossible be made possible with a five-member group just as he would with a group of 500. That sounds possible, <laughs> but that's what it is he wants to do here. And I felt this so strong all week. And then, as I said, the promised land definition, happiness. 
Let's remember to enjoy this small beginning because there will be a time where people will see the happiness of the land and they will come flooding in. Who's not attracted to happiness, especially when it's free? This is such a marking time of work being done in the promised land and in us. And as we recognize what has happened here and move on from it, we will see the spirit of the Lord in this place and the freedom that he wants to increase in us with us. We are stewarded. Um, so let's move on together and explore the fullness of our promised land here with just the five of us in the moment. And I believe there is so much more here in our promised land we have yet to touch or discover spiritually and naturally. Let's be bold and pray out the impossible here and not recognize all the issues, the small little issues. So let's not lose sight of this promised land no matter what may come. And again, let's recognize and learn from what has happened here in this place. shared on Saturday she shared a little bit of this with me and I said oh man this is definitely God giving you inside understanding to the situation the season that we're in so I thought it was very like important for her to share this and also you know Monday night God released this word which I had no idea but about Moses raise up the Moses is to lead the people in by faith you know to do the impossible things and I was reading this morning about Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 13 and 14. And that's what, when I was hearing her share this on Saturday, I thought, oh, this is like, the J Joshua and Caleb were two of 12 spies that went were sent out to view the land beforehand. And what happened, they all came back, and Moses said, how was it? Wh how were the people? How was the land? What's their, what's their city like? And 10 of the spies were overcome by fear because of what the people looked like and how their cities look. And Joshua, Joshua and Caleb were like, uh, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and our God will do it. Like, he's promised us the victory. They, had, they were seeing with eyes of faith. And God was so angry that all these 10 spies and that they spread all this complaining where everyone said, no, we're too afraid, we're not going in, we can't do this. God was so angry, he said to Moses, I'll wipe out all of Israel and I'll start again with you and Caleb and Joshua. And Ma Moses said, no, God, don't do that because what will the, all the nations think? That you delivered your people from the Egyptians, but then you wiped them all out? Like, that no one will see you. Like, you are a God of loving kindness, grace, and mercy, and so God said, okay, well, then none of this generation is going to see the promised land fulfilled. They're going to be in the, they're going to die in the wilderness and only their children will get to experience it. And Joshua and Caleb and all of their family line. And so I was really encouraged by that. Felt like it went along with what Renee was saying, that this is the time for us, which we are. God's gracing us to see with faith. We're experiencing his presence here when we're here. But it's something I think we also need to fight for, that we have to fight to see with faith for that protection around, that we wouldn't grow weary or complaining. Who oh, um, I wanted to share this. They have a prayer group in Wyndham for us here. And so sometimes they'll send messages to us if they get anything very like specific or whatever, just for encouragement. And Crystal Armstrong 
had gotten something that I felt like. So she said, Isaiah 6, God is sending a coal to bring people to nothing. He is bringing a deep humility. I see people weeping in repentance, then glory will fill the temple and every vessel. Religiosity is being unraveled. And I feel like there's, it's with that, along with this, it seems that this purging that's happening, you know, it's a purging when you see this vine being cut, things being seems to be getting less and less and less and less. They're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I believe that is this cutting off of God. And um, what Marie was praying this morning, I think, is more in the spirit for those lost and, un, you know, these like her dream, it just connected to me of the unchurched, those that saying, we want to be churched, we're hungry. They were coming to the food pantries for food, but even to that speaks to spiritual food, and she stood up and gave a word. And so it was like, no, these doors are open wide now. So this is where we need to stand in faith, keep believing, declaring the promises of God, saying yes and amen to them, moving forward i think that these are all key places and we're doing it you know it's not necessarily something we have to strive after we're doing it with pumpkin fest with the food pantry continuing on the coffee hours you know we're we are moving forward um, and keep focused on that so does anyone else have anything like along with it that they feel like would be Yeah, it's like we were in a battle, and we've lost a lot of our troops. Um, but, I mean, we can't give up. We must press in and keep pressing in and keeping our faith up. Um, I know this is a test. It's a test of faith. I do believe that God has really got something coming good from this day. And because, um, I mean, with God, all things are possible. And without God, you know, we're not in this. So we have to still get moving. I feel it. God's letting me know that it's here. seconds here um i felt i was asking the lord like about name today i was like what about i felt like i was in this place where i was really like hearing him this morning so i was like felt like i was asking anything and i was like what about name what is going on here and i just felt like you said the name is ready but the laborers are few as we as we know that and and then i started looking up like what definitions mean and one of the definitions of laborers um is un unskilled workers that work for wages or whatever. And but then one of the core characteristics was that they're reliable and oh, strength and reliability are one of the or two of their characteristics. And I was like, sweet, okay, yep, that's all. 